This is Backspace Podcast number 41, the story behind the core series of fantasy novels. It was as a young child in Fenwood that I first learned that hitting your head can cause a concussion. My older sister was out in the garden hoeing potatoes, and my parents firmly believed if you don't work, you don't deserve to eat. So I was sent out to have my sister teach me how to weed the potato patch. My sister was swinging her hoe about wildly, but I walked up behind her quietly and opened my mouth to speak, but nothing came out. The reason I could not speak is that the neurons which were sending messages to my tongue to talk had been stopped on the electrical highway in my brain by a large roadblock known in medical and neurological terms as the blade of the hoe. But other messages were making it back to my brain telling other various problems throughout my body. My legs were buckling down, my eyes were shut, and my ears were picking up a high-pitched voice saying, Don't you dare tell mother or I will finish you off. In Creston, in backspace number 26, I told you of the bobsled track and how I landed again on my head, but the hood of my snowsuit was firmly packed with snow, so that may have reduced the swelling in my brain. When we went to Prince George, I was taking swimming lessons, well, actually sinking lessons, as I wasn't much of an athlete, so I spent a lot of time sitting on the bench by the side of the pool. There was a sign there that said, Do not run on the deck. I carefully examined the surface. It was concrete, it was painted, and the paint had sand embedded into it. I laughed. This was a communist plot. Well, back in the 60s, everything was a communist plot to keep me from getting to the change room first. So when the whistle sounded, I took off at a run. Now there's a scientific principle that relates to traction on a wet surface. It is called hydroplaning. It means that a rough surface, such as that sandy pool deck, can actually become a smooth surface when the water between the traveling object, me, and the surface functions as a lubricant and keeps the object from maintaining traction on the surface. When a body being transported at a quick pace starts to hydroplane, its feet shoot out in front of it, and the body becomes temporarily airborne until it can touch down and regain solid contact with the ground. I flew only a short distance before landing with a resounding thwack on the back of my head. As I touched down, I saw the brilliant runway landing lights, but then only darkness. When I came to my senses, I found myself in the hospital, being treated for yet another concussion, and I learned three important facts. One, my mother was very unhappy that I had another concussion. Two, one of the signs of concussion is extreme nausea. Three, they say you can die in your sleep, so they keep waking you up all night and shining a flashlight in your eyes. I survived that ordeal, and shortly thereafter, in the window of Toys and Wheels in the Pine Center Mall, I saw a skateboard. It had a plastic yellow top like a skinny banana seat from a bike, trucks that were only three inches wide, and small clay wheels with open bearings. It vibrated so bad you couldn't feel your feet when you fell off the thing. Now the street we lived on was fairly flat, but at the top there were houses built up on a crest with steep, sweeping driveways, like the waves in my Beach Boy surfing dream, so I decided I had to at least give it a try. I was amazed at how fast those small clay wheels could go, but at the bottom of the driveway, my little clay wheels just dropped over the edge into the gutter and stopped dead. My body, however, did not. My friend Peter told me later it was like I had a small rocket on my back as I blasted off the board and sailed in a graceful arc over the street. Graceful at least, until I landed, head first, against the opposite curb. There was a crunching noise in my neck, more bright lights, and I was instantly sick to my stomach. But I had already decided that if I ever had another concussion, I would rather die in my sleep than tell my mother what happened. So I went to bed, hoping to see another day. 
I lived through that night, and when skateboard season ended, my friend Peter told me to try skiing instead. He sold me a pair of old wooden skis, a full seven feet long, and vintage short leather ski boots with tiny metal buckles that must have belonged to his grandfather. When I got off the bus at the hill, people thought I was an ad for the ski museum. Going up the chairlift, I watched the people below me going off a jump and performing a back scratcher, an aerial move where you fly through the air, dropping the tips of your skis so the tails touch your back and then land level and ski away. I had to try that out, so I located a small bump on the bunny hill from which I could practice my flight of grace before unveiling it to the rest of the world below the chairlift. I pushed off, gathered speed, and leapt up off the jump. Immediately I dropped my ski tips down, and they dug in, snapped the tips off, dug in again, and wham, my head smacked into the hard-packed run. Blood gushed from my nose and pooled in the dent my head had made in the snow, for there I was, spread eagle and held in place by my shattered skis and bent poles. I managed to get loose and staggered down the hill to the ski lodge, dragging the remains of my gear. The people that came down the run afterwards saw the wood chips, my broken glasses, and a pool of blood trailing off down the hill and thought some skier had been attacked by a roving band of rabid beavers. Undaunted, I went out and got another set of skis, these ones a mere five feet long, and a pair of used boots at the annual ski swap. These were fluorescent orange monsters weighing over 14 pounds, and they came up past the back of my knees, for they were size 12, and my feet were only size 9 but my mother said I would grow into them. I walked like a duck with both legs in casts. I would always take the bus from Spruceland Mall to the Purden Ski Hill. The first time out with my gorgeous new boots, I ended up forgetting my poles on the bus. The back door had been left open. It said, emergency exit only, and to a lame duck, the emergency part sounded about right. Surely something that is good for an exit is just as good for an entrance. So I vaulted my six-foot body into the five-foot emergency door and crammed the top of my head into the frame. My knees refused to bend, firmly locked into the duck-laid position by the monster boots, and there I was, firmly wedged in the exit door, seeing nothing but stars. Finally, my brain told my muscles to go into spaghetti mode, and I dropped to lay on the ground. From that concussion, I learned that not only does nausea make it hard to eat your lunch, but it can almost ruin a good day of skiing. So what is the connection between concussions and the core series? Only that I have been told that I am a bit of an odd person and that it does show up in my writing. At least with concussions, I have a good excuse. This has been the Core Series Backspace Podcast number 41. Thanks for listening.